I knew most of you guys were young and kind of dumb, but it's reaching critical mass here on Hardcore Husky. Holy fuck all. Let me zip on over to Dogman to see if I can find a postgraduate to talk shop with. You guys on Hardcore Husky can stick to Apple Watch Talk, stories about the hot chicks at the super mall you stared at, though not reciprocated, or how many hours you logged in on StarCraft, Wings of Liberty. Puppy needs conversation comedy recruiting banter this time of year. Not talk of joystick battles and the type of girl that guys like Nacho can't accurately describe as he's never touched, smelled, looked closely at R, put a pound into that was under Greg Gaines' weight. Puppy wants to know if her asshole has been recently plucked and washed for a fresh-tossed salad, or if her pussy is unkept as it harbors a more natural aroma, or if she has a baby belly and saggy stretch marks on what once were supple teeters. I'm sure you've seen those free me. It's what changed your lifestyle and introduced you to Jeremy. And Jay, you're too far off the radar of love to bring up either sex. You're the guy who turns Ted Bundy, less the good looks and education. And Nacho, I'll hear your reply over on Dogman. I just checked. You're already over there, falling into the punch bowl as usual. I'll be there in a sec. Hashtag, I'm hurrying. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, Happy New Year's Eve to everybody out there. We're hanging out today in the wake of Washington's 27-20 win over Texas in the Alamo Bowl a couple of days ago. Uh, coaches were touched, tempers were lost, passes were dropped, but one thing was consistently true. The 108 yards rushing on 14 carries by Wayne Tomapapa. Thud. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other one was... was, (laughs) What's that? You doubt it. Well, no, hang on. I still stand by what I said. The thing that I was... The whole thing with me is that, you know, where Joey was, like, uh, jokingly accusing me of derangement. He's – you saw when they threw out into the flat with him, he's just like he's running with cement shoes on, just like the Giles Jackson on, on returns, you know. So, yeah. Um, now, he – the one thing that Wayne really did was, A, <clears throat> he had some great, great vision in the Alamo Bowl. When those – wherever the hole was, he saw it and hit it. And then also there was a couple of times where he just made a, a her, Herculean effort to get that first down. Um, and if he had just made an usual effort that a normal running back would do, then we don't get the first down. But so he was he was uh, you know arguably the MVP of the game. 
And okay. uh, so when I, but I, but I still stand by the fact that we need better than that. That's all. Yeah. So it's not hey, like I'm I'm not, uh, I'm not denying it. Oh, okay. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm happy for him personally because what a great way to go out in terms of his career, you know. So, um, yeah. Now, my other opening that I was thinking about doing, I don't know if we're going to keep this or not, but uh, <laughs> I was going to announce a change to the podcast name, and instead of Hardcore Husky Podcast, I was going to change it to the Telepapa Power Hour. <laughs> <laughs> that will surely be relevant five years from now when everyone remembers <laughs> who, who exactly that is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like, like Wilbur hook hooked hand, like <laughs> you got to wonder how many people get that reference at this point. You know what? That would make a great poll. That's <laughs> a really good question. But I bet you like, Hey, and guys like that fudgy, they probably don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some good ones like that. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe I could change my uh, – I thought when I was a kid, I thought Andre Death Assure was Andre Death Assure. Uh, that would be a good name. But no, very few people even would would, would would get that. Well, I mean, like, there's somebody named Skip Boyd that posts, but that was an actual name of a Husky, like, in the late 60s or early 70s or something. Um, there's uh, yeah, no way that yeah. – and, and and that almost goes over my head, but you know, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know who he was, but I don't even. Uh, uh, I think you, dude, man, I don't know why me and Joey always laugh at the ghost of Gil Doby Dog. <laughs> oh yeah, does that person still post? I don't know. I haven't been on Dogman in like five years, but I, oh, I don't okay. think I don't think I don't think Ghost of Gil Doby Dog was still around uh, at that point. <laughs> I don't think it said dog. I think it was just the ghost of Gil Dobie. All one word, might wasn't just, it? Just, it might have, I think it was ghost of Gil Dobie dog. Oh, okay. So somebody, I think it was, uh, it was caucus years ago, but he, was, he accused me of lying about it. But I, I, I honestly, I don't go to dog man. I have not gone to, I've only been to dog man. Like, literally twice in 10 years and both times it was where I clicked a link and I didn't realize it was going to Dogman. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, I just, I literally don't go. I don't even think about going. Oh, Pop, he was another one that would accuse me of being over there. <laughs> I liked it. So. I said it's such an insult of uh, being accused of just going on to a website. I mean, yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> like the worst insult you could ever have. Like you went on the dog man. <laughs> yeah. So um, Joey's on the phone with his bookie right now. I think is uh, either that or his brother just found some new roadkill and wanted to share the joy. I don't know, but do you? Uh, uh, well, yeah. But we'll, we'll maybe they uh, found the cat. Ah. Uh, um, I, and then, uh, it's cat related. Yeah. Probably. And then Duke bot was supposed to join us and then he's a wall. So, um, let me go, let me go back and check to make sure he hasn't tried to contact me. Nope. So anyways, um, so, uh, so Willie, what was your, you know, 
36 hours later or whatever, what's going through your mind in regards to uh, what you saw against uh, Texas? Yeah, I'm such a mega dude that I wasn't even that excited at the end of the game. I think just because the way it played out was so so choppy and just like it just felt I think the score was very even very similar. It felt like the, like the Cal game, but then in the end, I'm like, you know, it was basically playing a borderline road game at Texas, uh, who's ranked, and it basically ended up being like the Cal game. So I got to celebrate that. No, it was uh, it wasn't a very enjoyable game to watch, in my opinion. But the outcome was what we wanted, and just capping off a a, a great season. And I think. I think we had talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, we are after the Apple Cup, where we're like, Texas is probably going to be a game where everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout, but you're, or a shootout, but it's quite couchy. Texas has a deep, decent defense, uh, and they're probably just going to, you know, play the quick couchy, play prevent all, all game. And we're like, is Washington and Pennick and Grubb going to be patient and mature enough to just take what they can get. And I, I think they did like a, a C plus job of just taking what they could get. Uh, and it worked. I mean, they, I don't think they did it as well as they could have. I think they, there's easily a way they could have won that game like 34 to 17 and had it finished 25 minutes earlier by just running the ball and doing four-yard dump off to the running back and converting third down the way Stanford would against Kwiatkowski. And they, didn't, they did enough of that to win, but I, I think they could have made they could have made the game a lot less stressful, and I'm not complaining. Uh, the positive is that they did enough to win. And the one time they went deep uh, and Penix was on and the receiver had it, the Texas guy grabbed his shoulder pad to take the penalty and it didn't get called. So... Uh, <laughs> horrible refereeing. Yeah, it wasn't the most enjoyable game, but they got the win, 11-2, and two, basically a road game uh, at Texas, only the second time, and I looked it up only the second time in, pro- in program history, you know, they beat Texas. Uh, so you got you to celebrate that. And tons of momentum going into, going into the, the new year with that win. They needed to win. Uh, yes. You didn't, you didn't want a whole offseason – of excuses and were they really that good or is it just that the Pac-12 sucks? Like, and, you know, Texas, without without their two running backs playing, without their best defensive player playing, and every player on the Huskies playing, they could not afford to lose that game, uh, even though it was kind of like an all-gravy season at this point. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we, we can celebrate. Uh, you, we can do get up now for the next – we have eight, eight full, full months of doing it up, which is the beauty of college football where it's talking about, uh, like, the beauty of the bowl, bowl setup is after the regular season, you know, if you close out well, win your last game, you get, like, three weeks to just kind of, like, not be stressed and doog. But now you get eight months of doing, whereas last year's off season was just eight months of grinding your teeth and questioning uh, questioning everything and fear. It, it's going to be a fun off-season case, a case for the off-season natty this year. Well, there's the one thing to point out also is that because very soon, and probably I'm sure you'll agree within three to four years from now, 
we'll be in a situation where there'll be uh, 16 playoff teams at least. Um, yeah. So the Huskies would have, like, maybe they would have won the first round or whatever this year's team, but then they would have lost. And then you go into the off season with a loss. And so that's, that's one yeah. of the things where I'm, I'm really going to miss that where, you know, yeah. or even Oregon state, nobody, you, you go talk to a hundred college football fans across the country and say, Oregon state, who did they beat in their bowl? And a lot of them will go, uh, Oh wait, Florida, you know, some of them might remember, but they're not, uh, they're not going to remember the name of the bowl or anything, but Oregon state at least feels good. And it feels like a, a nice cap to a great season for them. So, yeah. No, it's and a you're not going to have that anymore. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that they're going to so lose. They, they, and, they uh, buried yeah. Florida. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, Florida scored. He's Florida back. scored a field goal. Oh yeah, I'm back, back. baby. <laughs> what a what a great return. <laughs> He's back and he buried Florida. <laughs> right. uh, Did you find no, your cat? Uh, Is that what was going on there? No, no. One of one of my. Uh, uh, one of my best friends was calling me, and he he lives like uh, probably less than a mile from me, but we never see each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I I gotta answer it because we never <laughs> one of those things like we never talk to each other. So Cedar Cedar yeah. Woolley doesn't have a penitentiary, do they? <laughs> uh, not that I know. Does of. he go? Does he go by the name Piggyback? Bandit? No, no. <laughs> Do you want to tell the whole story or no? Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, he 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 thought I I he's he asked me what I was doing. I said, well, I put the podcast on hold to to talk to you, and he was like, oh, cool, okay. And then he was asking me how to how to do it, so I sent him the link to the podcast. So hopefully, we have a new listener today. <laughs> Can I, uh, to wrap up, you know, my initial thoughts on the game, and I guess this could, could, could transition into uh, your guys, is a, was that the best team that the Huskies played all season? Great question, Willie. Hmm. <laughs> I think it was. I don't, maybe quarterback, uh, maybe, maybe my only thought would be uh, the other question could be Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, and I think Oregon has a better quarterback, but I think Texas is, especially defense, was infinitely better than Oregon. And uh, Oregon State, Oregon State was good. But Oregon State having basically like uh, me at quarterback would make them questionable. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it would be pretty tossed up between those teams, but easily could have easily could have been the best team they played all year. Well, the funny thing is, is that like I texted you guys uh, during the game, and because you, you guys have you introduced me to the term "greased up," and you're always talking about UCLA being <laughs> greased up and Arizona being greased up, and uh, so I said, you know, Texas does not look very greased up today, and it didn't feel that way. <laughs> but you see the video of Sark going off on clipboard guy. Um, <laughs> he was greased up. Was he greased up or was he just pent up? I, I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference. DNC called it a, a cocaine fueled rage. Now, <laughs> now, I am not saying that, 
and this podcast is not saying that. We don't believe that to be true. We are just merely reporting that it was some wild and irresponsible speculation uh, of DNCs that it was that. So, <laughs> so I don't know. The only thing is, you know, if you really want to get down into the weeds with that question, it's like, well, they didn't have Bijan Robinson, and if you put him in there, then yeah. I would say definitely that that's the best team we played all year. Without him, hmm, you know. I'd, I'd probably still agree, lean yeah. towards saying yes. Oregon's if they really had good. older players, yeah, they had older players would, without a doubt. Would B. John Robinson make their running game that much better the other night? It would have been better. How much better? Well, I mean, if you put Miles Gaskin in place of Talapapa, how much better would we be? You know. All roads lead to tell Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, Joey, we should tell you what the, the, the big news, the announcement we made while you were gone. Oh, no. What? The Hardcore Husky <laughs> Podcast is changing its name to the Telepapa Power Hour. Okay. <laughs> and as Willie pointed out, five years from now, that'll really make a lot of sense. <laughs> Willie Duke, uh, he uh, he texted us something uh, the other day to our uh, our little print text thread that uh, uh, tell Papa averaged six point three per carry with eleven touchdowns, and that's insane for a guy with his tools. So it really is. Well, hopefully, hopefully next year. Uh, because I think there's going to be teams gunning for the Huskies next year, and they're going to be watching, you know, film on what Texas, Oregon State, and Cal did, you know, which is that, you know, that Kwiatkowski defensive tree of, you know, prevent defense and shit. Um, the Kwiatkowski blueprint. <laughs> the Kwiatkowski blueprint. So what they're going to have to do next year is is they'll they'll – They'll be uh, they'll be they'll be better off at running back, um, you know. So they'll maybe they'll, they can use the running game a little bit better next year and a little more because they they definitely should have the other night. Um, there was there was some some good running lanes the other night and there was plenty of plays where they should have ran the ball and they. They were trying to get too aggressive and too cute um, instead of just running the ball and throwing throwing to the tight end all game. But actually, Willie and I – My gripe. Willie and I were just about ready to kind of go down that road when you came back um, onto, the, uh, onto the line um, because Willie had said he gave the, the you know, grub of them a C-plus in terms of their game plan, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. I don't know that they got too cute because we didn't do too much of the, uh, you know, the Faggity Peterson kind of stuff, but the, which sometimes can be fun. But you know, um, but there were many, many times where, like you just said a second ago, we could have thrown to the tight end, uh, or we could have done um, a sprint draw, stuff like that. Those were working. Texas almost never stopped it, so. Tight ends could have had 20, 20 to twenty five receptions the other night. You know, I'm sorry, who? It, 
all, all the all three of the tight ends. Oh, oh, yes. You know, they could have had twenty to twenty five receptions the other night, <clears throat> and you could have dumped off to the running back all all day, which was, <clears throat> you know, which was the David Shaw rope a dope always used against Quat. So it it uh. You know, and part of it is uh, probably Penix, too. I mean, Michael Penix is, you know, he wants to push the ball downfield. He wants to be aggressive. I I fucking love that. But there's there's times in, in a few games this year where you were just like, uh, hey, Westover's there, five yards. It's, it's, it's second and eight. Westover's there for five yards. Take it. And we've got take the lead, and we're controlling the tackle. game. We've, yes, yes, take it. It's the high percentage throw. Just take it. But you know, he's chucking it down the field to uh, you know McMillan, and it's kind of an you know he'll throw it into tight coverage, and it's not a very good throw. And I mean, that's what led to that's what led to every single one of his um, interceptions mm-hmm. this year. Is yes. him pressing, pressing. You know, you know. A lot of them weren't like these great plays by, uh, you know, d- defensive backs. I mean, there was, uh, I mean, there was two fluke interceptions that went for touchdowns. Right? There was the Arizona State one and the Oregon State one, and then the other, the other interceptions were uh, just him pressing the ball and trying to do too much when it was unnecessary at the time. Yep. And and you make a good point because where I was affixing blame on that on Grubb, but it, it might have been Penix and, and they might have had to corral him in and just say, hey, we as the game progressed, we don't need to do that. We don't need to force it. And we don't know. But, um, but some of those are like forcing it down the field. And you just you just knew as soon as he threw it that it probably wasn't going to work out just from the trajectory of the throw or uh, being able to see how close the 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 Texas DBs were really good. So, um, but you know, as Wooly was saying before you uh, or while you were gone, but the three of us were texting yesterday about it. Uh, Joey, I think you and I maybe derived a little bit more enjoyment out of the win than Wooly did. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, he yeah. he said it didn't feel very good to him, and I felt I felt some joy in beating Texas and beating Sark, and you know, it wasn't a game I'm ever going to go back and watch all the time or repeatedly or whatever. But you know, there were some good things to take from that. We're 11 and two, and uh, a lot of a lot of things to look forward to next year. So, well, do you, okay. It's one of those things like uh, they they you know they they ask like rock, you know rock bands like do you, do you want do you want your first album to be like you know <laughs> sell twenty million records and then you go downhill after that or do you want to progressively you know go up so you know if Washington would have gotten to you know the final four in DeBoer's first season you know and then lose and then. You know, the only thing higher than that is, you know, win one game and then lose or win the whole thing, you know. But that maybe this was good for the trajectory of the program to win this game and not not skyrocket all the way to the top. Uh, well, I mean, we wouldn't have won the whole course, thing. 
I, I know we wouldn't have won the whole. Yeah. We, you know, it. it I, I'm just saying we, we may we've gotten we got to a, a a good level in year one with the talent we had, and and uh, it was probably better for the program to. Uh, well, I, I mean, we could we could have won the Rose Bowl, you know, and it, we weren't in the final four. We 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 could definitely easily beat Penn State. Um, but that would yeah, have been and, a nice and, and, and the the eleven two record. I mean, I can't think of a game where uh, you know the Huskies fluked out a win, and I can't really think of. I can't think of. I mean, the UCLA and Arizona State games. I never felt like they were going to win those games. It was it was a weird, you know, it was that whole vibe in both of those games. The bad like, yeah, it wasn't like those two teams fluked out their wins, <clears throat> you know. So it, it was it, it was a pretty legit eleven and two record. God, we trailed there. We trailed UCLA forty to sixteen <laughs> at one point. Yeah, think bad. about that. God yeah, Almighty, it was bad. It was bad. It was you know. Yeah, was, uh, I don't want to go over that game. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to go over that game again. Uh, did you listen did to the Quarantine Pod? Oh, yeah, I did. What yeah. was it like? Oh, they <laughs> talked about the Alabama Bowl for about seven minutes. Then they focused on UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> I want to clarify. I I was happy. I just don't think it was particularly enjoyable, that enjoyable of a game. It was super choppy. When they went up by 17, felt really, 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 really good. Uh, I will add my negadoog asterisk by they immediately gave up a touchdown in like a minute, 25 seconds uh, with no resistance to kind of take the – I then gave them the ball right back. But, no, it was uh, – I was very, very happy with the outcome. I just – I don't think the – those – the Cal, Oregon State, and Texas wins, they're all really, really important wins and good wins, but they all just were not very fun to watch in my opinion. Other than a few plays. Oh, agreed. Oh, and you know what? Something just occurred to me too. Um, that needs to be said. They kept the announcers in the Alamo Bowl kept saying over and over and over how Texas had the same starting five all year long and how wonderful they were and everything. Nary a word about the Washington defensive line that dominated the run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's amazing. Those announcers, those announcers made you know. Jordan Rogers made some weird, uh, weird statements during the game. Uh, Wooly Duke and I just laughed so hard about uh, when when he said uh, Ula Socio was a was a blue chip recruit coming out of high school, <laughs> and we're like, we're like he was a walk on. <laughs> you could have made a a much bigger deal and and a much you know. Uh, passionate story about how he was a walk-on from Alaska. He came down to Nevada to, you know, to try to get noticed or whatever. And I think that was his, I think that was his journey that he came from Alaska to Nevada or something like that. But and now he's walking a punch in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> yes. Man, <he> was, <laughs> but Jordan Rogers is like, hey, he's a blue chip recruit out of high school. <laughs> like, like, God. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just announcers making making shit up, you know. 
So, any other thoughts from the from that game? And then we'll and then we'll uh, we'll I think we'll be about ready for the uh, second annual Joey Dangerously All Tough Guy Fake Tough Guy Team. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, mean. Uh, I just thought of it. That game that game should have been like the uh two thousand sixteen Pac twelve championship game where Colorado wasn't gonna let you know Washington throw deep on him, but they were gonna give him five yards of carry and Peterson was like, Okay, that that's we'll take it and the final score was what, forty one to ten? I mean That's right, that's right. That that's what the Alamo Bowl should have been. You know, Great we, point. We should have been looking. We should have been looking up at the at the scoreboard and thinking, how the hell did they get forty one points? It was it was, you know, up to ninety nine percent of the people. It was probably a boring game. You know that Colorado game, but uh, to me, I was uh, I was like flexing the whole game because it was you know, <laughs> it was my it was my favorite Husky of all time getting five yards of carry. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to uh, – my two things, they're like, well, one with that, and I think, well, they got like a pick stick from Rap and a near pick stick, like a second near pick stick from Rap. I mean, the difference – It's the same play. They ran the same play three yeah. times. And, yeah. Yeah. The Alamo Bowl, I mean, they, they, they were ripe for like a pick stick, but they just didn't have the personnel and the – on defense to do it, but the defense did need a huge credit, as you said, especially the run defense for just, you know, you could say it's Texas's third string running back, but that guy was still super good, and they just absolutely shut it down, and I think they allowed themselves to give up some passing because they just wanted, they knew if they could shut the run down, they could really control things. Uh, I think the, the last thing about the game is, yeah, I felt kind of bad for Penix, and I kind of get where he was probably trying to, like, force it down. But, like, it was, like, a worst-case scenario for for him to get to show off for, like, next year. It's like, he's got a road game against fucking Kwiatkowski. Like, those, like those, those two things, like, you're in a bowl game. Like how, like, how many of the bowl games are legit road games, for one thing? So, like, that affects his ability to, like, check down. It makes it easier for them to get pressure harder to kind of, like, communicate with the teammates and make those kind of on-the-fly plays. <laughs> and second, you get fucking Kwiatkowski, who's like, yeah, I'm going to play prevent all all fucking game. Uh, though it sucked for him, I'm sure he's probably not obviously stoked about the win, but I'm sure he's not that happy that he kind of didn't have his best game and really didn't get a chance to kind of start that off-season natty fuel uh, and he was, at least got his stats looked a little better, but yeah, uh, but, uh, it, sucks. <laughs> uh, it, it sucks for him because that should have been a showcase game. Like, as I said before, I'm like Penn state, I feel like would have been the perfect opponent and I would have oddly Penn state's ranked higher than Texas, but uh, I think they would have much rather played Penn state than Texas. Uh, and you mean from Washington's point of view, or you think you're just looking at it from your point of view? I guess both. I mean, I it's hard to say. I I know Penn State does have like one first round cornerback cor- who I don't know if he would even would have played. But yeah, I think especially given it being a road game, 
that was not a good draw for for Penix. That, it, that sucked for him. I'll to make it short, it, it was not it was not a good deal for him. Well, he had one interception, and then, if as I recall, there was one that could have very well been a pick six that was dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he uh, on the on the. It felt like a game. I I was texting everyone and talking to everyone like this, which quietly, you know, we, people don't mention that. Like, yeah, he's had he had he's had some pretty bad fucking throws, and he's had he had two really bad interceptions in the end zone against the the Ducks in the in the uh, Cougs. He had a pick six against Oregon State and ASU. And then he had his interceptions against UCLA really fucked up that game. Like he's not a, he has kind of a Brett Favre thing where he he will yes. he's good for one <laughs> he's good for one really bad, really bad fuck up, and you kind of just hope everyone forgets about it. And he that was it. He it was just finally a game where I think me and Joey were saying it was like finally a game where like the shit just didn't go right for the other like the other team fucked up which is just like, it seems like it hasn't happened much in recent history with Washington. Like, Texas fucked up. Like, it's fair. It happens every once in a while. Well, then also I was just thinking, too, like, you know, Penix, and I think McMillan's already literally saying that we we want to win the national championship next year. He's he's not even saying Final Four or or anything like that. And so with that type of uh, mindset, you could probably figure that they spent four uh, four weeks or a full month talking amongst themselves, you know, Penix and the wide receivers about how they're going to put on a big show for the nation. And yeah. then, uh, and then they get out there and it's the, like you guys were talking about with the, the Kawasaki uh, defense there. Um, and it's not sexy to dump off to your, your 4.740 tight end Westover or whatever, as much as we love him. <laughs> It's not the same thing as throwing a post pattern to Odunze or whatever, but yeah. But if they um, had a, if they had a, let's let's say they had a, um, let's say they had a twenty-three to three lead at halftime. You know, basically by dumping off and and taking what what the defense was giving them. I mean, if if they were just patient. They could have had their big plays in the second half. Good point. Good point. You know, because cause Texas would have been like, we need to get back in this game. They're all they're doing is bleeding the clock. You know, they've they've got two touchdowns and three field goals. Uh, yes, or three touchdowns and a safety for anybody who's counting uh, to get the twenty. You know, I just said twenty three points a hypothetical, but. You know, they they could have went. Texas would have went into halftime and said, like, all they're doing is just bleeding us out and and uh, milking the clock, and they they're up by twenty points. Uh, they would have went. They would have went to. Uh, you know, they would have went off the prebed probably, and you know, they could have opened up the back end, and Washington could have just started, you know, airing it out and really started obliterating them, but. So Kwiatkowski would have gone up to Sark and put his hand on his shoulder and said, here's my thought. And you go, get your fucking hands off of me! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I hope I didn't blow out any speakers out there. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. I will say it, it felt good to finally be on the opposite end where I was saying the same thing of, like, the Kwiatkowski defense of, like, oh, we're ahead of them by seven points. Well, this is over because their defense is, like, once you got – once you get ahead of the Kwiatkowski defense, all you have to do is just run the clock out because they're like they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to like make a uh they're not gonna be able to take the game from you and they're gonna give you at least like a field goal every drive pretty much. Uh that felt nice, uh, to finally be on the opposite end where with the Kwiatkowski defense were the Huskies it's like, Well, they're down by four, this game is over. Like because the defense is just gonna get the clock run out and give up like 12 third down conversions in a row. So that felt good. (laughs) And then the great line from the boards here was Lone Star Dog who attended the game. And he said, Longhorns around me were in the numbness and denial phase of the SART grief cycle (laughs) in the first quarter. (laughs) Well, there is... There is things to uh, there is things to like about Sark, but your your record is what your record is, you know. Well, there's, what's there to like, Joey? I, I mean, well, he he's got a he's got a good. I mean, look, he's got a good we, offense, and he he hired a good staff, but you know, he just I I, I don't know. Maybe there isn't that much to like, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think there is. Yeah. All the talent in the world, Joey, and they're 13 and 12 over two years, I think, right? Are they Are they that talented? Well, they, some of those players look like NFL guys to me, but... I I think their baseline athleticism and is at least better than anyone in the Pac-12 uh, just on the eye test. Watch, I mean, watching who Washington played. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it's, Texas is just like, you know, it's a frustrate. It's got to be a frustrating – I kind of commiserate. I feel like I don't talk to these other fans from other programs, but I, I kind of commiserated the last 20 years with, like, Tennessee and Texas uh, of these programs, like, there's some crazy stat which like Tennessee hadn't played in like a an NY six level bowl since the 2000 season or 2001. And you're like Jesus, like Michigan the same for yeah. a long time. Where you're like these programs should be really good. They have these great histories, but just like you forget, you go look at Texas and you're like shit. Texas has been like Texas hasn't won more than like ten games like once since they like won that national championship. Are they like right? lost lost to Florida or like Tennessee hasn't played in a the Huskies have played in like four uh NY six bowls since Tennessee's played in one and then like Michigan you're like up until two years ago Michigan since like uh the early 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 2000s had been like average at best for 20 years so I commiserate with Texas I uh I I, I feel bad for them with Stark I mean Stark. I wouldn't say it's redeeming. The only thing he's ever had is he was a raw, raw guy when Washington needed a raw, raw guy after the Willingham years. Uh, and he inherited, you know, five or six NFL players. And that was about it. I don't, and he, he tries in recruiting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
now at Texas, I'm sure he can just buy local players, but like I don't know what. And their their offensive adjustments were pretty good yesterday. I meant yesterday or the Alamo Bowl were pretty good because at first uh, when they were really getting to Ewers, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. Like it's going to be like the Stanford game. Like finally playing a non-mobile quarterback. Like they're going to get a bunch of sacks, but. After, like, the first drive or two, they really kept Washington on their toes with, like, really deep screen passes and stuff uh, that made it so Ewers wasn't getting pressured anymore. It kind of derailed, at least derailed the Husky pass defense. So he did that, but uh, he also threw a lot of sideways passes, which, you know, again, I'm glad to be on the other side of watching the endless Sark sideways passes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Instead, instead of going downfield, instead of going downfield, yeah, instead of going downfield to uh, the fastest guy in college football against a true freshman cornerback who had to clarify on Twitter that he was not a walk-on, uh, like, less than a year ago. That guy. Oh, that's, so, that's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, good. thank you, Stark, for not just literally like he dropped two touchdowns, but literally like, I don't know, I, I might play like I was playing like PlayStation fucking Madden where I'm like, I'm just going to throw a Hail Mary to Xavier Worthy every play because eventually it's going to work in this walk-on from fucking Katie, Texas that they have who we would have never fucking offered in 10 million years uh, is not going to be able to cover him. Uh, you know, even half the time. Well, and not to digress too much, but uh, as I said after the Oregon game, uh, I never understood why Oregon didn't challenge our secondary more. And, you know, they did more in the second half, but I feel like they could have scored more had they uh, done so. But but one thing I'll say about Texas, like Worthy dropped a, that the, the sure hand or the surefire touchdown there that Ewers put on the money. Uh, and then he had another big drop. Um, and I feel like... I feel like, though, even if he had caught that, I still feel like there's no guarantee, but I feel like Washington would have still won the game. And I yeah, can't say I, I that. Think it, so, yeah. I can't say that in regards it, to the Oregon stuff, but because uh, that game was so like, close. It's, but it's not like the Huskies didn't have their fair share of mistakes. You know, Odunzi drops a drops a touchdown. Um, oh God, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. That ball was right I, there. And like like and we the, said, we're and Rogers we're played it hard. Panic's throwing it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, do you really? We we went over this last time. Do you really need announcers calling the game? It all it literally <laughs> just makes people it makes people dumber. <laughs> Unless so you you'll listen to people, you will have small talk with with uh, just casual football fans. And and you're 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 just like nodding your head, like trying to agree with them, but but you're thinking in your head like you're regurgitating like fucking Dusty Dvorak or Jordan <laughs> Rogers. You're just regurgitating Rocky Boyman. Rocky Boyman, just gar- hot garbage gobbledygook bullshit spewed out by these people. It's just they're making no sense, you know. I would think the three of us might be able to do a better job, but then on the other hand, we might. There might be like the game's going on, and then they're like, "You got the three of us will be like digging into the Boston College 2012 season or whatever." 
And then people will be complaining <laughs> on Twitter about what the fuck is wrong with these three guys or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> now I'm looking at uh, Sark's coaching record spanning from Washington to USC to Texas. Uh, nine seasons, he's he's never won double digits. He won nine games once with USC, but that was it. He only finished in the top 20 once, and that was in 2014 with USC. So nine seasons with three prominent programs, and he only finished in the top 20 once. Yeah. And his bowl record is two and three, and those are none of those are major bowls. They're either Holiday, Alamo, or Las Vegas. He's not uh he's not a good coach. He's not, he's an average at best coach. Uh I think I mean the the sample size uh he doesn't need more Tim. He doesn't need more time. The sample size is <laughs> been collected he's been at uh he's been sober he's been drunk uh he's been at difficult jobs like washington and he's been at easy jobs like usb and texas where it doesn't seem that hard to win uh and he's been average so he's he's an average coach I, he's not like a terrible coach i don't think he's a even a bad coach i think he's just a existing an average coach and yeah i think with the with the game thing too even like you start to think about if they hit that, they hit those big plays, or if they had B. John Robinson and stuff like that. It definitely would have changed the way Washington played that game as well. Uh, I think they would have, uh, you know, they would have maybe had to try to like play a little bit more actually wide open, which could have been good or could have been bad. But uh, shout out because I can't. I think we were recording, uh, and I know the refs are listening to this, but. For the worst, I, I will put it on record as a Husky fan, the worst non-call pass interference call I've ever seen in my life, which was the one right time one, the one time the receiver was open deep and the ball was on the money, and if they hit that, it probably changes. It probably changes momentum, probably, like, you know, gets the rhythm going uh, with Washington more and kind of, you know, gets Texas a little more tight uh, and – the guy intentionally fouled him in, for you know, in basketball. It was like he was trying to intentionally foul the guy to not give him the two points, and they did not call it. So, fuck that ref crew. Fuck them for not calling like any pass interference. Like, how, would they throw the ball like fifty-eight times and they didn't get one? Like, there's no way. There's very no. few times that I, I would have to say if you went statistically through games and you're like, one team threw the ball this many times and there's not a single pass interference or defensive holding, it, it's got to be pretty small, a pretty small uh, grouping of games where that's the case. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that ref was like five yards away, too. <laughs> he was right He was right there. And then what, what did uh, – uh, what did the announcer say? Like, oh, hey, it yeah. looked incidental <laughs> to me. Incidental. <laughs> it looked incidental. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I hope you're. I hope you're just. Uh, I hope you're just didn't finish the finish the thought you had of you know of well maybe to the you know you were thinking in your head maybe to the ref it looked incidental or you know he didn't see it 
you know, but but the way he said it on the broadcast, you're like right before play is like, yeah, it looks incidental. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we only could have RG three once. You know. <laughs> well, I love that guy. <laughs> he, he was, yeah, well, he's he's in some hot water for, uh, you know. I don't know if you saw the what he said a couple no. of weeks ago, but no. Uh, yeah, well, he said a he said a slur to his own kind, but he said it in a different manner, and people are. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. You fifty-year-old know, white chicks don't know what to think, but you know, so people. Yeah, you know, he's in. Nope. He he got a, in a little bit of a cancel culture hot water. So I you know, you have to watch that. the tape. You have to watch the tape. It'll it'll be like it'll be confu- It'll it'll confuse you. It, it'll yeah. Well, I just There's googled. I know what I'm talking about. I just googled RG3 hot water. And it says, <laughs> NFL fans want RG3 canceled for using slavery-era racial slur. Yes. He wanted to sound cool, but he doesn't know what that means. Uh, okay. It, 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 uh, something, uh, hmm, something parallel to peekaboo, he said, and then, uh, but he used it as he was trying to use it as a slang to just like something crazy. Like he's describing something crazy or something. And he said that, and it was just really awkward. Okay. I just (laughs) read the quote. It's awkward. Um, Yeah. He said, he said he didn't know what it meant. And, um, you know, this, this 40 year old hick in Cedar Woolley knows what it means. (laughs) (laughs) it's just like yeah Um, I think that's why I think that's why a lot of people didn't like his personality in uh, you know in in the NFL so well but you know you feel like there's a a good natured guy talking football while you're watching the game and it it was that one game with the Huskies and big Penix energy and all that I I just loved it I I, Mm -hmm. I thought it was great so I don't know, but, you know, there's a video from a few years ago where there was a weatherman somewhere, uh, and he's, um, and he's like, talking about how it's going to be a high of 38 and a low of whatever or something, and and then he turns to the the lady broadcaster there who's the, the lead anchor person, I think, and and says, uh, you know, maybe we could canoodle on this later or something like this, and she said, excuse me? Uh, no, we are not going to canoodle what you know and then he goes i don't know what that means i guess or whatever so he 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 thought it meant to chat like to just to chit chat or whatever yeah so you know i mean if somebody out there is probably listening to that going what does it have to do with the racist or whatever you know it's just like you know you got to hold people accountable and at the same time my god it's like you know, oh, know, some announcer, some announcer. I don't even remember what it was, but they were calling the UCLA game in El Paso and made an offhand reference to illegal aliens, and now he's been suspended. And um, <laughs> it's just like our society's going yeah, in a very yeah, weird direction. Yeah, the, Anyways, 
yeah, yeah. We're we're you all know, controlled it, by uh we're all controlled by fifty year old uh middle aged white liberal fat chicks. <laughs> There's well, your title kind of for like, the podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Except I like the idea of the cycles of the grief the SART grief process or whatever that was. I gotta go back and look at that again. But um you know, not to get all hung up on this, we'll get back to Husky football in just a second, but it's just kind of like we got so many issues and problems in this world that we need to get hung up on every single little word or whatever, and I know people got to be held accountable to stuff, but, you know. Yeah, hey, hey, look. <clears throat> uh, some people have some real, real problems out there. You know, there's there's a Oregon quarterback that played with an – uh, leg missing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to cover that sympathy. in a very <laughs> a podcast. Absolutely going to be called the for the people really struggling out there. In fact, I think I think based on your guys' suggestion, uh, I was going to start off the that pod the anti Oregon podcast by doing the announcement to start it, and then I would just set the phone down and go make a sandwich or whatever, and you guys were going to go. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I come back maybe three hours later. If I still hear you going, you know, I'll go mow the lawn or whatever. I don't have a lawn, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, um, let's see. Yes, the numbness and denial phase of the start grief cycle. I just love that. I just love that. Every minute that that, almost every minute that Sark was here, I just couldn't stand him, and it was a grief cycle. Um, yeah, and, and shout out well, I, to. Uh, but Stop actually, I was, call- said his- <laughs> I was calling him ahead. out, actually. I'm sorry, but I need to say this. I actually didn't go through a grief cycle with Sark because I was getting in trouble with Kim on Dogman almost in the in the first few months before he even coached a game I was getting on Sark. I, I didn't, there were all kinds of red flags there. But anyways, go ahead. I, I, well, yeah, I, I hate I hate the... Uh, Oh, I've got to, I've got to call the game for my previous team. Like, I, no, you took a job. Go, you know. Every time yes. I've taken a job, I didn't say, uh, "Hey, after a month on the job, can I go back to my old job and just work <laughs> one day? <laughs> just work one day." You know. Like, and by the way, I don't understand it, but uh, yeah. Shout by out the way, to whoever whoever posted on the board. Uh, that Sark's trajectory is lose the Alamo Bowl and get hired on it for the Cowboy job. <laughs> that, that, well, that actually, made me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> I do have to, I, not to flex or anything, but the um, <laughs> the the original conjecture or speculation that Sark would then get fired from Texas and then get the Dallas Cowboy job, that actually was me. <laughs> But because uh, <laughs> okay. I said that that's the way that this would go down is Sark will get fired yeah. in two or three years, and then all of a sudden we'll be hearing news that he's just been hired to be the Dallas Cowboy coach. So right, and I can totally see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then you know, and then you smash cut to uh, you know the Cowboys just lost to uh, the Colts and they're four and nine, but Sark said they're going. I really like what, you know, there's progress going on behind the scenes that the public doesn't see. The best days of the Cowboys are in the future. 
And boy, I bet you his wife would have him dressing in some silver suede something or others. <laughs> oh, God, man. <laughs> so By bad. the way, Jesus. somebody on the boards, and it made me laugh, and and some, I wish I could quote this exactly, but it was DeBoer and Sark at some pre-game thing like three days before the game, and they were posing next to the trophy, I think. And somebody said DeBoer looked like a guy that was like a a small town insurance salesman who also coached for the wrestling team. And then <laughs> and then they said Sark looked like a lesbian. And that made <laughs> And the thing is like if somebody's listening to me say that right now they might go, "Oh, you know, what a stupid comment or whatever." If you saw the photo of Sark, he did. <laughs> yeah. There was this, like, it looked like a woman that was more, uh, had a masculine bent to her and was trying to dress in a masculine way, which people are free to do, nothing wrong in that sense. But he looked like a woman, a masculine woman dressing in in a manly kind of way in a burnt orange thing. And even his hair and the shape of his face, it was really, you know... It, it, it was, it's, you know, it was not an exaggeration. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I, I have a, yeah, what, um, yeah, one of one of one of my best <laughs> friends. Uh, she's been my friend since like first grade. But uh, I, I saw Adam Lambert one night, and I said to my wife, I said, "Hey, that he looks just like." You know, my friend, I said my friend's name, and she goes, yes, she does kind of, or he does kind of look like her. I go, no, like the hair. It looks exactly like it. And then I thought, I could probably never say it to either one of them, even though it shouldn't be <laughs> offensive. I, I probably can't say it to either one of them. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I get it. it yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. But, I mean, you know, we're the website that we have the, I think Grundle made it, Grundle Stiltskin, but it was the gif of uh, Sark coming out of the Atlanta Falcons thing heading to the practice field, and he slowly puts on the shades, and it says Brazzers. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and he But he looked like a guy that would be in a porn right there. But now he just, yeah. he does, he, he doesn't, he's not that person now, <laughs> so... Um, yeah. Anyways, I mean, this is the type of talk that post game orange slice just absolutely hates. I don't know if he's still listening <laughs> or not, but um, but uh, hey, how about how about we get to the second annual Joey Dangerously Fake Tough Guy Award? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about <laughs> it? Now, last year was Jimmy Lake. Any chance yeah, for a repeat? Well, I've got uh, no, because man, that guy has. Uh, that guy has found a big giant cave somewhere and buried himself in it, like Tor Bora or something, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hanging out with Purple uh, J, right? <laughs> God, I, we haven't heard nothing from him. I, 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 I went and like I googled his his uh, Twitter account, and, and it's basically been dry for over a year, you know. Uh, yeah, he just collect. He's, he's sitting there counting his money, I guess. Um, yeah, so 
So this award was basically all but locked up, and then we had two people basically uh, make a make a late surge, you know, to get into the hunt the last couple days. Um, but just want to throw out some honorable mentions. Uh, you know, Taki Taimani. I mean, you know, being an Uber driver is is uh, you know. <laughs> It's a it's a good uh, appreciative job for most people out there. You big pussy, and, and you getting washed out for a fucking paycheck. You get washed out every fucking game. You, you you're no impact. Fake tough guy, talkie Taimani. <laughs> okay, uh, Dan Lanning, you smoke a cigar. Actually, next time look like you smoked a cigar before. <laughs> 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 and uh you know Tosh Lapoy uh being a football coach doesn't mean uh um you get to just uh oversaturate uh 17 year old kids mailboxes with with fucking birthday cards and letters you know you actually have to coach football so uh fake tough guys Tosh Lapoy uh, who was the one I just said before that? Taki and, Dan Lanning. Uh, oh, yeah, Dan Lanning. Yeah. If I could, if I could say something. Yeah. And so, then, uh, you know, anti-fake well, tough guy. I've never played well, uh, with one leg. Well, so Bo Nix, Bo Nix, toughest guy ever, one leg. But, but I'd like to chime in on Dan Lanning real quick, if I may. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, you guys have been leading the charge. You've been the tip of the spear of uh, the anti – well, you guys and hey, right? Yeah, of the uh, uh, Oregon yeah. stuff, right? And landing this and yeah. landing that, and I'm and I've just been like, oh, whatever. I don't really care. I saw him smoking the cigar after he shit the bed to end the season, and then he gets a nice recruiting class, and he's sitting there like he's Hugh Hefner or something. And uh, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him now. <laughs> he got a sh- they got a shitty North Carolina team. Like that North well, Carolina I mean, team sucks. I don't care if they played the 95 Nebraska or whatever. I mean, uh, my whole yeah. thing – or not 91 Washington. Uh, my whole thing was uh, – it, 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 it was for you to call him a fake tough guy is perfect because that's what it was. It was just yeah. almost a sneer while he's puffing on a cigar looking like he's never smoked a cigar before. And it's just like – that's the first time I don't I didn't like him. I was like, fuck you. I don't like you. So, just wanted well, to make it perfect. To make it perfect. So, uh, before uh, I... <laughs> oh, go ahead. He lost, well, he lost the best recruit he supposedly got that day, too. Like, the guy, there was that, it was like a five-star safety from Texas, and then he ended up signing with Oklahoma the next day. So, he didn't even hang on to, like, the big-time guy. But it's like if they're eleven and one and heading off to the national playoff or something, it's like, all right, you know, you've earned that or whatever. Well, no, you, you're yeah, playing in the Holiday Bowl or whatever, and you lost to your two rivals. Yeah, I mean, celebrating, yeah. celebrating the recruiting class ranking things too is just pretty. It's fucking lame, especially now that like so much of it is just like, here's what. Teams A, B, and C are offering you an NIL. Take your pick. Like that's the best part of it too. There's like no, 
it's like unapologetically like going to a strip club and it's like, well, that guy's going to pay me this much for that lap dance. No, yeah. you're, caring, you're caring more about recruiting instead of, um, you know, the product on the field. Not a It was very much a start thing. Not that yeah, I was going really... to start doing that exact same thing, but it's in that Sark realm of just art of uh, um, plastic. It was just repulsive. If that was my coach, I'd be right back on the which team do I root for? Should I? I really like Tennessee's colors, that kind of thing. Yeah, just I'd hate that. I feel very blessed that yeah. we got DeBoer right now. So for multiple yeah. reasons. So yeah. So, but I know you've got at least one more name on that list, and I have not uh, seen the list. Oh, I've got, I've got three, I've got three, I've got three more, the the three front runners. Uh, but I wanted to uh, just see see if it, you two had any to throw out there. Fake tough guys. Well, I like the landing one. The Tamani one, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's being a fake tough guy <laughs> as opposed to just being a pussy, you know, it's or, or being self-entitled <laughs> or whatever. Um, he could be on the Mount Rushmore of self-entitled pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, um, oh yeah, and uh, two years in a row, Jaden Delora, you know, uh, you know, before the uh, before the Cougar, he he acted like uh, he acted like the Cougars you know, did something to him, you know, and drove him out. But he was openly, right. like, pimping himself off to Arizona. So, yeah, two years in a row, Delora, you know, makes the team. But, uh, yeah, this the, it was all but locked up. It was, it was going to be Ryan Day. Uh, because <laughs> if anybody – if anybody saw, okay, if anybody saw, uh, first of all, the uh, the just for men uh, hair coloring is, <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, you can see that uh, from outer space. Anybody, <laughs> but if anybody saw, they they ran this fake punch and uh, against Rutgers, and there was a fight after it. Like the Rutgers players didn't take kindly to it, and the Greg Schiano comes all the way across the field. To get into Ryan Day's face, and he's all alone. He's got no, he's got nobody like shielding him, and he's getting in. He's getting in Ryan Day's face, and Ryan Day is acting like the guy who's like, "Oh yeah, hold me back, hold me back," but nobody, <laughs> nobody's holding him back. It's like, no, you can get right up to him, Ryan Day, if you weren't such a fucking pussy, you know, this fake tough guy piece of shit you are. No uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and, he and you can read his lips like saying, saying that's bullshit that's bullshit to, to Greg Shiano Greg just standing there stoically like like oh you're not going to do shit to me you couldn't do shit to me if uh, I could have so a quick word with Wooly Dog Wooly Dog okay. yeah yeah Wooly don't you love how Joey gets so into it oh yeah no, hell yeah. I mean, uh, it's a very I mean, specific thing. And, yeah, he's, in, he's about yeah. 12 I mean, feet deep into that. So, anyways, please continue, Joey. Well, yeah. I've watched that over and over. And <laughs> I, want, I want to fly to Columbus and just start. Just start. Just think a guy. It's so bad. 
<laughs> Big guy. <laughs> yeah, I I also watch I also watch Cam Chancellor highlights all the time and and just start pounding my fist into my hand. <laughs> uh, by the way, you got my Seinfeld reference there, right? Yeah. You, you said you were going to fly all the way to Columbus, Ohio, and then I said, just a second guy. <laughs> okay. Just a second guy. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if yeah, you I caught it or not. I can go to Ryan Day. I did. Yeah, I can go to Ryan Day. I can say, yeah, well, I had sex with your wife. <laughs> Ryan Day's wife died of cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I would. Okay. But, um, yeah, within the last couple of days, uh, we have DTR making a late push yesterday for fake tough guy. He's, 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 oh, I'm he's not aware. Been, uh, what what do these millennials call it? Is it a quiet quitting or something like that? Quiet. <laughs> They show up to work and they just they just don't work. They just sit and out or something. <laughs> so, so he uh, he uh, basically takes himself out of the game, pouting. And good for Ethan Garbers to you know take that team down and, and score. But you know, obviously, the def- <laughs> you hire a bunch of former uh, shitty Washington defensive coaches, and that's what you get on that late surge. But. Uh, Fake tough guy of the year. Lots of Pittsburgh. That's amazing. Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian fighting with fighting with a media guy. Some scrawny, <laughs> some scrawny media guy who looks like he's he's never gotten a fight in his entire life. He just he just spent his whole high school career putting yearbooks together and and turned himself into a a job. Uh, holding, <laughs> being a the key grip for for ESPN and, and, and Sark's trying to fucking Sark's trying to chest up to the fucking guy. <laughs> this is like the stories of Jimmy Lake throwing Sark. the hundred and forty pound wide receiver against the locker. Yeah, was that Quentin Pounds that he did that too? Or is yeah, that else? sounds right. That sounds right. It was Pounds. Yeah. And I say 140, and of course I'm exaggerating, but right, it's 165, probably okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Quentin Pounds was the smallest wide receiver, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, I've always found that humorous. Like uh, he's trying to get in a fight with Quentin Pounds, and apparently nothing happened, but except for he gets promoted after it, and. You know, Marcus Peters apparently gets, you know, allegedly it was a fight with Jimmy Lake. But, uh, yeah, and then Marcus Peters gets thrown off the team. So, so Pounds was funny. 166 pounds from Cypress, California, it says. So, anyways, uh, not exactly Hulk Hogan or whatever. Wrestling no. reference for you there. But, um Brother. So, he was the uh, so 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 Steve Car- blah, 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 blah. Steve Sarkeesian walks away as this year's winner. It sounds like, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that. I mean, you, you can't. Come on, man. I mean, can you imagine? 
can you imagine the guy just putting, you know, his hand on, you know, like DeBoer's shoulder, you know, or chest or whatever, saying hold back, and DeBoer just he's he, DeBoer would probably be like, you're like, hey, what's your name? Uh, where are you from? You uh, got any kids? You got a family out there? You know. <laughs> I mean, DeBoer, it was DeBoer, uh, DeBoer, like, what was it, two weeks ago or a week or two two ago, he let he let Softy and Dick Fane broadcast from his office for a day. So, so I wasn't aware of that. Over. Yeah, they, they, they let him. T- <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't, see, see, Kim, they didn't have to leave a coat to get back in there. <laughs> well, no. Kim was, uh, you know, I try to stay out of these things usually with Dogman or whatever, but Kim sitting there bragging that he was standing just a few feet away from Texas emerging from the tunnel is just, it's just, it's such a fanboy thing that's just, I don't know, whatever. It's high level, it's high level, uh, high level Kim, you know, Kim, I was on the field, Grinnell, you know. I was on the uh, field and you weren't. Yep. I was on I was on the field and and I got to tell you there's some big players out there. Yeah, great. There's big players in both teams. Shut up. I remember that Keith Price came in to take over for Locker against Oregon and I liked what I saw and I made a comment on the phone to Kim that I liked what I saw there and maybe he'll be starting next year and then Kim gave me the old I talked to the coaches. You don't. There was, and they're telling me there is no way, there is no way Keith Price will ever start ahead of Nick Montana. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I only have, I only have uh, one honorable uh, honorable mention uh, for fake tough guy, uh, and it's Lincoln Kinehold. Uh, that's my one. <laughs> yeah. My one. My one. My one nomination. Like honorable mention. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you, fucking Connor Weddington bullshit uh, guy who gets, you know, a team sticks their neck out for you and takes you early and then you get some attention later uh, and then you try to go back and, you know, be a big fucking man about it uh, and then say something that is completely baffling. Like, yeah, no, uh, just bullshit. Just should say be super appreciative of, you know, the opportunity that Washington gave you to be committed for, like, a year uh, and move on. No one blames you, really. No one blames you for going to Ohio State. Like, fuck. I mean, hard to argue against, uh, especially from South Dakota. But to claim that you're not going to get developed as a quarterback by fucking DeBoer. Uh, uh, that was right. You know, yeah. that happens. Outrageous. Outrageous and... Uh, ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, that's not my one. I would say Caleb Williams, but I just don't really care about him. But to put fuck you, no. fuck Utah on your fingernails, and then to go get your ass fucking handed to you uh, <laughs> is pretty rich as well. Uh, so Caleb Williams probably deserves another a nomination as well. Yeah, and I tell you, with uh. Kineholtz, it's just kind of, or however you say his name. Uh, what was my point that I was going to make in this regard? Oh, oh, that's right. But then after all that went down, then our intrepid uh, uh, crack staff of posters, I don't remember who it was, but they put together that thing comparing uh, 
Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL compared to Washington in the NFL over the last 30 years. Yeah. You guys saw that? So, oh, yeah. Just kinda I like, mean, it, was, it was actually it was quite one-sided toward Washington. So, I mean, when you get to the league, uh, there's no question Washington has ten times done a better job historically. But, I mean, there's no arguing that Ohio State will get you drafted. I'm just waiting to. Oh, sure. I think I've joked with just with Joey of like, I would love to be in the room with the GM and the coach who's like, so just DJ DJ Stroud and just screaming at them like, what are you like? No, they, they Ohio State quarterbacks <laughs> are not. They aren't prepared for the NFL. Like, they're good athletes and they have amazing players around them playing in a, the Big Ten, which is quietly kind of overrated outside of Ohio State and Michigan look really great picking which five-star receiver they want to throw to. Uh, but that's not really that much development. Uh, but, yeah, Lincoln Kindholds. Uh, I would also throw a footnote of uh, going back to last year of our dear, our dearest old friend of Mario, Mario Cristobal uh, following up on him. Cause he, was a near, he was a lock last year until he actually did take <laughs> – he did take his alma mater job, which is commendable – and he got out of the Pac-12 when he seemed like a guy who was going to be uh, like Jimmy finding the weakest guy in the room and then bullying them in the Pac-12 and then talking about it. Uh, good. I'm glad he's fucking sucking at Miami. Good for him. I can't wait till he gets fired uh, and he has to go back to fucking Saban's, uh, Saban's uh, rehab for guys who were never good coaches in the first place. So fuck him. <laughs> And then to digress real quick to what you were saying a second ago, Wooly, that uh, being for uh, playing for Ohio State will at least get you drafted. So if Wayne Talapapa was a Buckeye, does he go in the second round? Or <laughs> no, I mean quarterback. <laughs> I mean quarterback. I you can't. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he would. He would probably. Uh, ironic, oddly, I don't think the running backs have been that that overly productive in recent years. But no, I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm Wayne Telepapa. <laughs> I know you're. I know you're joking. Yeah, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Kyle, Lincoln Kindhold, kindly fuck off. Uh, I don't think uh, maybe he'll be back in the portal, and I'll have to apologize for all this in you know less than a year from now. But yeah, fuck you for that fake tough guy comment. Like, hey, I might throw in. I might throw in one more here before we answer questions. What okay, about for tough? What about the all-fake tough gal? Jen Cohen, a, <laughs> Jen Cohen a year ago with NIL saying, I'm not going to be in that lane. You don't want me in that lane. <laughs> and now we are allegedly outbidding Ohio State for quarterback services. We're paying $2 million to our offensive coordinator. There has been a change of heart. The ship has altered direction. Well, they okay. They they sat down. This is kind of an old. Uh, this is kind of an old Bill Hicks joke. If you guys are know who Bill Hicks is, but he's the. Uh, I don't. Uh, I died around ninety three or ninety four of cancer. You're a great comedian, but he every every president gets gets they they have all these things they're gonna do, you know, and and then uh, they get they get led down to the basement and they get shown a, an alternate <laughs> angle they get shown an alternate angle from the JFK assassination and they go okay 
Now you keep your trap shut and you listen. <laughs> you listen to us, and, and you maybe call the what, CIA will let you live. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Jen Cohen said that, and then uh, all the boosters and the board of regents they brought her down to the basement and they said, "Look, we've got a billion dollars. We're going to throw around uh, to kids." Now you shut your goddamn mouth for a fucking year. You let our unicorn head coach do his job, okay? <laughs> All she could see at first in the basement was the orange glow of a cigar, but as her eyes adjusted <laughs> yeah. to the dim, it was Sonics 1993. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just say you're going to play the NL, NIL game because it's in your best interest to play the NIL game. Well, you All right. do it the right way. Uh, don't do not do it the way of, uh, you know, what what's apparently happening at Texas A&M is, you know, yeah. kids are going there for a big payday, but, you know, the people are, people are saying, yeah, well, you only played, you know, seven downs this year. I'm not paying you, you know, all the money I promised you, and then they're leaving. So, But, you know, you and it is interesting – I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Oh, just you do it the the, the way of, uh, you know, you're, you're incentive-based, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's just what I'm assuming is, is happening. Because it seems like we have a very, very healthy, uh, happy uh, family environment going on over there. But, you know, you've got... You've now got Grubb making two million a year, and then I don't know what Morell's making, but it's probably around thirty-eight, forty an hour, right? <clears throat> Something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's and, and you're wondering <laughs> <laughs> union scale, you know. But you wonder, yeah, you wonder if there's any sort of, you wonder if there's any, you know, any, uh, I don't know, if bitterness is the right word, but little, little resentments and stuff, you know. You can't avoid that mm-hmm. completely, I'm sure, but. Um, I don't know. Come come out with a top ten defense next year. I guess is the way to respond to that. But um, Willie, are you still there? Or are you gone into your uh, teller phase? <laughs> I'm there. No, uh, I am very much, very much, very much here. Yeah, uh, I. Uh... Well, there was how you went off to vomit that one time when you guys were on the bus. And uh, you you hadn't said anything in twenty minutes, and then uh, is is he still there? Joey's like, oh, he went to vomit. <laughs> I don't think I did, but ironically, my dog no, did just to, grow up like he went to lay down, like he was he was tired. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it was like the Stanford game or something. I can't remember which game it was. Yeah, it, I think it was the game where I was hungover from the night before. And then I drank at the game. Uh, but ironically, like 20 minutes ago, my dog did throw up all over the living room. So if I was quiet 20 minutes ago, that's what happened. Uh, I, was eating, eating. I, I just walked in. It was nice. My dog was finally quiet for, for a podcast. But then I walked into the living room like, oh, this is nice. And then she was eating her own puke. And I was like, oh. That's oh. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's uh, let's wrap things up for the year by answering some questions from our valued posters. Um, esophageal feces. Which outgoing players will you miss the most? 
tell a papa. Um, yeah, Nick Newton, I'll, I'll miss I'm going to miss Newton. Just for you getting getting triggered. Hardy har har. Hardy har har. I'm going to miss Newton. Newton's, he's not leaving. Isn't he on his, Is like, he? sixth year? Yeah, he has another year, maybe even two. He does? But I think he's yeah. going to. I, I would assume he's trans. They're going to. I would assume he's transferring out. He's pretty high in the list of transfer guys, but you never know. I mean, uh, I think he's. Oh my God, he's, he's a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would, Boy, I missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, that COVID year, that COVID year where they gave everybody a yeah eligibility, just you know. Well, just see, seems like he's been here since about 2016 or so. He has been. Uh, well, 2018 was his uh, redshirt year, so he he'd yeah. be perfect at he'd be perfect at a uh, place like and I'm saying this seriously. Like he'd be perfect at uh, like Wyoming, where uh, you know Craig Bowl runs like a you know more of a pro style. It's like a you know, I think his offense is more like a. 60-40 run-based offense, uh, you know, he'd be perfect at a place like that. You, you don't you don't see him maybe getting about uh, 8 to 10 carries a game next year for Washington? I no, think they I, I, I mean, Nixon's not going to go anywhere. Well, he, I mean, he could. I mean, Alexander's probably moving a, <laughs> you know, division, division lower because He's exhausted his portal, you know, eligibility. But, uh, I mean, Nixon, we're going to have Nixon on the team unless he gets kicked, unless he got booted or something. Uh, uh, You'll have have Sunday, who I think probably disappeared and probably got kicked off because he's been gone. You got all the guys, you got all the guys coming in, like Rogers. Uh, Nagata and uh, who else? Is, is there one guy I'm missing? There, the Mississippi State guy is expected to possibly. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if once bowl season's over, and I think there's more guys they're gonna there's gonna be more guys. I think portal. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a, another running back. Uh, yeah. I mean, Cam Davis. Cam Davis is coming back. So, yeah, okay. I don't, and oh, Tybo Rogers, right? Tybo, yeah. yeah. Or did, did you mention, mention? I don't know. Did you mention Aaron Dumas? Because I don't think I think Aaron Dumas is gone. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. He was like the number one guy in spring, and <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> it's like he never existed. Uh is there any outgoing players you guys will miss most in, other than what I've already mentioned? Uh, I would say I go uh, Jackson Kirkland. He started out really bad, mm. like second mm-hmm. half of the year. He uh, he was really good the second half of the year. Uh, that first run, the Talapapa touchdown run, uh, he just is huge in the blocking scheme. And I wanted to mention that run because I rewatched it. 
Romo Gunze has like his play of the game quietly. He takes the cornerback out of the play, and then he also takes out the safety and turns it from like a, a Talapapo is going to get seven yards, and that turns it into a touchdown. Uh, is actually what made yeah. the play, but. Uh, Kirkland, Kirkland, and Jeremiah Martin. Martin was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Martin. That's about. Yeah. That, that's it. Those are the only two. I mean, Banavalu, I think, had a good season, all things considered. Luciano, I think, reached his peak of what he could be. But those are. Yes. Kirkland to me, and then then Jeremiah Martin. And uh, by the way, uh, Smalls is a sophomore now. He made a play last night or two nights ago. Yeah, he made a really yeah. good play. I mean, he's got to be playing for. Uh, I mean, even a roster spot is questionable for him because I mean they got Trice yeah. and ZTF coming back, and then they're bringing in uh, the Sioux Falls and the Arizona State guy. So he uh, he has to kind of. I think he has to put up or shut up at this point of like even being a a depth guy. So good for him. He, uh, he, he, yeah, he made was it like a huge stop, and then he made a couple. He had a pressure where I think he almost got a sack that forced Ewers to throw a bad ball too on a big play. And he might have had like another good like a run stop for like a yard or two. So good. I mean, if he, uh, he could be a. I don't know if ZTF will ever be an every down defensive end. So if Smalls could turn into that because I think he has the body type to be like Jeremiah Martin, that would be awesome. Yes. Uh, so Hay says, who lost more last night? And he's referring to Thursday night. Sark or the former 11-2 and Alamo Bowl champ Coots? Uh, <laughs> I don't get. I don't get that. Is he talking about? Uh, uh, I mean, I texted people because I have friends that are obnoxious Cougs of like bad. It was a bad 12-hour run for the Cougs because. The Huskies won the Alamo Bowl and went 11 and two, and then it got announced that the Moscow horrific murderer was a Coug. <laughs> oh, is that where he's going I think with that? that? Might be, I think that might be what he's Shame talking on about. You, hey. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Okay, which he's coming yeah. on our podcast uh, when we do the anti Oregon show, so I will take him to task. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. I didn't. If I knew that's where he was going with that, I wouldn't even have mentioned that one, but. <laughs> uh, and he wanted to know the grade for the defense, but we already talked at length about um, that. Uh, Seafetter's Nacho Lover. I'm not sure what psychological thing is going on with him now, but he's got about 38 questions here, most of them having to do with SEC Dog coming back. So let's pick out a couple of them here. I can... <sighs> Okay, I'm not even going to go there. For God's sake, Nacho. <laughs> are, you, are you reading these? No. I can't. No. Well, I think, I, one think was I skimmed it? over them yesterday. Well, he's talking about if you have to choose between sleeping with a certain, and, you know, he's talking about a university president or an athletic director, you know. No, I'm not. It's just, there's it's beyond retarded, so. Okay. Oh well, it's uh, easy. The athlete, easily the athletic director. But, yeah. I didn't say what school. Oh, well, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay. Uh, 
let's see here. Who let SEC dog back here? That would be me. Um, his account's been open actually for a few months, but uh, I have sent uh, occasional messages to him. Um, and he didn't respond, but then he popped back in. So, And I know that Grundle's not too <clears> happy <throat> about that, but with the return of SEC dog, has anyone done a welfare check on Grundle Stiltskin? Um <laughs> Let's see here. Is five and seven still in play? He wants to know. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that we got past that mark. Uh, Hay has another oh. question. In a di- he says, is this the year that Kay gets sacrificed? No, I don't think Sark's on the <clears throat> hot seat yet. No. They have to be alarmed down there behind closed doors, though. They have to be. Oh, God. No, you. Yeah, if you're Texas, you've got to be happy with with. Uh, you've got to be happy with the with the defense, right? But they're eight the and five, and they lost the Alo- Alamo Bowl. And they went five and seven. They last should year. be. Oh no, I'm talking about the defense, not not like because he's asking if. Clark oh, Cal- touche. Right? Okay. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, I look at it that Sark's on the hot seat. And so he gets rid of, he sacrifices Kwiatkowski. That's the way I interpreted that question. Well, that defense is, we've said it before, it's a defense, it's a front-running defense. You know, yes. Yeah. You've got to have a lead. And you'd think with with this, uh, you know, the best play caller in America. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> uh, you'd think with the best play caller in America, you should be uh, you should be putting up 40 points a game. But they're not. So, man, I I think they're going to – I think Texas fans are in for a big disappointment, you know, in the SEC and with with Arch Manning. I don't think think either one's going to turn out as good as they think it is. They're going to be playing in the same division as LSU (laughs) and Alabama every year? It's not going to be good. They're going to get – yeah, it's not going to be good. Uh, Sway. Does Dougals have COVID or full-blown AIDS? What is that in reference to? <laughs> I well, don't even know how to I've, answer that. I've heard, I've heard it since we're in, it's since I've basically been in not give a shit mode. I've heard uh, COVID's worse than AIDS. So, no. Oh. Uh, Just what I've heard. Just what I've heard. Tits or ass, booty. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, early prediction on next year's record, assuming that Rome is gone. Um, I think uh, just off the top of my head, I will go. This this doesn't mean this is my August uh, prediction or whatever, but uh, I'll go with uh, ten and two, and we're going to beat USC down in the Coliseum. Yeah, we're just going right get- one. Regular season, then? Uh, take it any way you want. He just said early prediction on next. Whoa, my voice is coming back at me hard there. Okay. God dang it. Uh, I'm, I'm going 12-2 uh, and because I say they lose, they lose in the Coliseum, but they win a rematch in the Pac-12 championship <laughs> game. So Tennick uh, throwing for 550 yards. Yeah, then they then they get to the CFP and they play like Georgia or Alabama or so, and they they lose in the 
they lose in the semis. Uh, yeah, I will also ask her to tell that by I'm I don't love this. The schedule next year is going to be going to be tough. So I'm very being very bold with that prediction. And Joey, uh, eleven and one. And then, you sound almost yeah. I, I, you, know, you, I mean, you sound almost downcast. Well, because I think I think the I think the loss is going to be like to at, Oregon at Corvallis. No, <laughs> I think it's going to be like to the Beave. I think the Beave is. I don't think the Beave is going to sneak up on people. You know, next year like they did this year. I think the Beave will be like eight and four or seven and five. You know, I think they'll be, you know, I, I, they're not going to they're not going to scare people next year for you know some reason. It kind of be a little down for them, but they'll 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 rise up for the Huskies. I did, or the the conference will the conference will fuck over their their breadwinners. You know, so. Well, maybe panics will rise up. And, Did you ever uh, think about that? And just, uh, just uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> just, just, uh, I, I, just a little, little, maybe a bold prediction. I don't think, I don't think we're going to miss Rome as much as we think we are. Oh, I, I agree. I think, I, I think, I think he's actually replaceable. I think that's what is. I think that's what's taking his decision so much longer. Is uh, he's probably getting told things he didn't want to hear from NFL people, you know, you're a, you're, you're like a day three pick. He's probably getting told. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if his, if his dad is like shopping him around to other schools. So another bold prediction. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think the bull, another Alamo bowl observation is, which I already knew, I think showed that, him and McMillan need to find a way to gain 10, 10 to 15 pounds and still be the same players. Cause they're, they're, they're slight. And it, when you play super athletic, tough teams, it's going to be hard for them. I'm sure the NFL has told them like, Oh, Dunsane's probably barely 200 pounds at six three and McMillan's probably like maybe 185 at six one. So they gotta, they need to, they need some more muscle. Uh, what a great experience going against those Texas corners in. Yeah, no, I think that showed that should show them that, you know, they have they have a ways to go. Uh and I they have been you know, Washington's social media has been promote putting like Odunze very first at like all of the all the social media stuff they were putting out all the time there. So I wonder if they're like, yeah, I think in negotiations with like his dad and shit to try to be like, Hey, come back. We're going to like promote you. Cause the dad is all about always on Twitter, bitching about lack of promotion and lack of like recognition for Odunze. So I, I think they're trying to show mm-hmm. him that like he, <laughs> Hey, we're going to like, we're going to pimp out uh, your son in addition to you. So yeah, I think, I think the dad at the very least might be trying to squeeze the most out of like, UW is that he possibly can, if nothing else. And yeah, it's probably talking to like USC and like Tennessee and fucking Oregon and then being like, Hey, like Washington, like these schools are going to offer him, you know, this much to play there next year. And then putting that, putting the fire on them. Cause I don't think he's a, I've maintained it the past couple months. I don't think he's like a big 
a big time NFL prospect and I think he's a good receiver, but a guy who they could get a they could get a portal guy who's probably similar. Yeah, after a couple of years in the league and muscling up, I could see him being like a number three guy on an NFL team, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, he's he's that's pretty solid. That's a solid assessment. Well, you can watch the you can in the day and age of seven on seven camps, you can watch an NFL draft, and there is, you know, Rome's like six two, like one ninety five or two hundred or something like that. I mean. Every single receiver picked in day two and day three is that. Like, it's like the prototypical size for an NFL receiver, you know, of a of a third or fourth guy on a team. Yeah. You know, there's so there's that, a... you know the first the first round is like, you know, the the special talent. Right. I mean, but then after that, it, it it's just you know. Just a bunch of guys but then D, after that. But then D, DK Metcalf, Metcalf was either second or third round. I think he went second round, and he looked he looked like an Adonis, you know. Last pick of the second round. Mm, there you go. Odd, odd and bizarre, but yeah, that was bizarre. We'll, we'll leave we'll leave that for uh, Hugh Millen to go. <laughs> Just listen to Hugh Millen at any point talk about DK and why he was taken late. I don't know. Uh, so let's see yeah. here. Bananas and next, next, next question. Bananas and blondes. I don't know if you guys are able to access the uh, thread or not, but there's bananas and blondes has a picture of Sark, and he's wearing a uh, you know a brown tie and a brown uh, jacket, and he's wearing a cowboy hat, and he's walking along. It looks like it's a pregame thing at the uh, Alamo Dome, and he's got earbuds on. Bananas and Blondes wants us to provide us to provide our thoughts on this picture, include our best guess as to what he's listening to on the earbuds. Um, what would Sark be listening to? I'll, I'll say Depeche Mode. <laughs> do you think he's? Uh, do you think he's trying to force feed some some uh, you know really shitty new age country you know into his ears? <laughs> The only thing is, he would need a way to virtue signal that. No, a little, little big down. <laughs> now, C. Pedro's Nacho he, Lover said that he thinks he's listening to Tim Robbins or some other self-help guru. I think he means Tony <laughs> Robbins. Oh, Tony, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I say Robbins. system of a down. I say system of a down because he's Armenian. <laughs> Ah, yeah, good goal. Very good. Goal. That's right. The timeline yeah. would work, too. It's our yeah, they, 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 they all know each other. I, sh- I should, uh, Loyal to I the should soil. Uh, call in or call in or write to, uh, you know, Reasonable Doubt uh, with Corolla and Mark Garagos and ask Mark Garagos if he represents Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> the Armenian, the Armenians, the Armenians all know each other. So, so let's see here. The HB has a did dumb you, joke did you there. Represent, so. Did you represent Sark in his defamation lawsuit against USC? Probably did. 
Well, there'd be, I think that'd probably be easy to look up online, even. Yeah, maybe. Too lazy. Let's see. Question. So Texas Dog has some questions, and I haven't reviewed these, so let me skim through and see if there's one or two. Um, okay, this is a good question. DeBoer has shown his coaches can develop players. What part of our game has come the farthest this season? What part still needs the most work? I'd say the offensive line, the defensive line, the defensive backs. Um, I'm going to head to the restroom real quick and let you guys continue to answer that question, so I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm, uh, mine's the, easy. The playmaking. Yeah, mine's easy, the offensive line. I mean, they couldn't move Montana. <laughs> they couldn't move Montana's, like, 245-pound <laughs> D-tackles. And then Wayne Talapapa runs for, like, 10 yards per carry against Texas's two 350-pound D-tackles who are both, like, third, fourth-rounder guys next year. And then they got the DBs are the obvious work. I mean, uh, I, that's, that's pretty easy for me. Well, they, they well the uh, the needs work. I mean the the playmaking man. I mean I don't know how you 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 probably you can't teach that, but Jesus on defense. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, they only created really they only created twelve twelve turnovers this year. I mean the offense yeah. only turned it over eleven times. So, but yeah, I looked it wash, up after we. I looked it up after, I think I posted something too. Like, I looked it up after we talked about it. It's like the interceptions, like in conference, because they had a good pick against Michigan State. And I think they had a couple against Kent State. But, like, in conference, like, they had three. One of them was against Colorado. I mean, not, and adding the Alamo Bowl, because they didn't force a turnover in the Alamo Bowl. Like, in conference, they no. had three. And one, one of them was against Colorado, which was like a. I think it's in garbage time of a garbage time game. And then one was like ASU where the guy basically just like was like, fuck it, it's third and 12. Like, I'm going to throw the ball 40 yards downfield. Like, uh, and the receiver like fell down. And then uh, the one against Stanford, which is kind of a fluke. And then fumbles, like, again, like after Stanford, where like Shaw just hung Tanner McKee out to dry and they got a couple like, slap the ball away fumbles like they had like the Oregon mm-hmm. one which was un- unforced and then I can't even remember they had two more I can't remember what they were but like well, they only the, had like uh, three the Fabiculanen, uh that was against uh, Oregon State where they, they pitched the ball oh, backwards yeah, yeah. they yep. pitched it right yep. to them and that, that counts as a fumble yeah. so that, that, was a, that was a turnover like a, just a junk luck turnover and by the way I I, I will donate a couch to Fabiculanen to sell uh, <laughs> <laughs> that play that play Wooly Duke and I we were yelling uh, that play that Worthy dropped the pass uh, when, he yeah. went, when he went down the seam we were yelling we were like who the fuck is guarding that guy there was, there was like a 15 yard cushion and it was uh it was like third and 11 or third and 12 or something. And we're like, all he has to do is run to that O on the Alamo 
you know, logo. He has to run to that O and just stop. And there's nobody, nobody there to cover. And, uh, and I was kind of looking, thinking, uh, okay, whoever's showing blitz right there is going to cover him. And then as soon as it turned and it was number 13, I was like, Oh no. And sure enough, Fabiculon is just, it didn't even look like he was running hard. It, it just looks like that guy is just not a, that guy's just not a football player at all. Somebody else you know pointed that. that out on the, uh, on the uh, game thread too. Is, is he just doesn't play like a football player. So how did Texas not score 40 points then? I don't get it. Uh, well, Texas Dog also wants to know what brand of vodka did Sark drink last night after his old lady put him out on the couch? Uh, What would he... He doesn't strike me as a Grey Goose, man. He's a... (laughs) Ciroc. Yeah. Is he a a Kirkland... uh, Kirkland vodka guy, not the expensive Maybe, uh, kind, but the the cheap, uh, the cheap kind. Not on his salary, <laughs> Marosha maybe or something. I'm not a I'm not a drinker, so I don't know my liquors very yeah. well. But he strikes no, me as someone who has like that. that. He says he says he's sober, but he's he's probably prescribed Adderall or or maybe he uh, he takes a lot of edibles or something like that. You know, I I don't know. There's there's. I mean, we were we were talking earlier, and I was being dead serious about where he's kind of taking on a feminine look to him, uh, and 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 it almost would sound like I'm like trying to put him down viciously or something, and I'm not. I'm just trying to describe what I see, and something just doesn't seem right with him. Uh, John, John uh, he's got John Travolta vibes. <laughs> Uh, go into that further because I don't know what you mean exactly. Oh. <laughs> I'm being serious. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, like the. Uh, I think John Travolta's been going bald. I think he finally has gone bald oh. now, or you know, he's bicking his he's bicking his head now. But uh, you know, he had like the painted on uh, hairline, <laughs> um, like the perfect I, hairline. I, and there was always there was always rumors that he was. There's been rumors that he's been gay for like 40 years or whatever, but. Oh no, yeah. I'm not implying that Sark's gay. No, not, not no, that, no, not no. That there's anything, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, but I mean that's. Uh, I'm just saying that there's something that's just not quite right there, and I don't know if it's. Uh, I, I want to be. I don't want to be irresponsible here with whatever I say, but it's just like <clears> it just. It just feel, feels like something's not right mentally or something. You just look at him and it's just like something's not right there. I he's probably he's always in over his head with every every time he's a head coach he's in over his head. And this was before I saw him blowing up at the clipboard guy, you know? Because <laughs> there were times on the sideline where he looked really, really calm, like he was really reeling it in, you know. Yeah. But maybe he'd already blown his well, wad with the. I mean, you go, go back to go back to the uh, the the 2015 game uh, where he's you know uh, his player you know makes a boneheaded play, 
and he's just fucking in his grill and he's yelling and and uh, oh it's Jim. He, yeah, he's he's saying every every bad word you could to him, and uh, and the same game. Uh, I think it was the same game. It, it's got it's the same game, right? Where Littleton did something, and all Chris Peterson was just stare at him and walk walking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that that classic gift. Yeah, all Peterson had to do was just glare at him, and he doesn't have to point nothing. He just glares at him and he walks back. You know. I mean, that's, well, that's like having was, a command he, over your team. He was starting to, it looked like the little tip was starting to argue his case to him, and he turned and, like, I don't want to hear your shit, but he said it with right. his eyes, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, it is Sark, and then if you remember the people standing around him, it's like they're uncomfortable, but they're just, like, waiting for it to blow over like they've seen this 500 times. Mm-hmm. When he was blowing up at whoever that guy was that ran off the sideline. So, uh, and now, you know, then again, it's just like you were saying a few minutes ago, Joey, about you were talking about Jimmy Lake picking out the smallest, uh, weakest guy in the locker room and attacking him or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's uh, here, here's Sark, you know, but as I said on the boards there, it's like Sark telling the guy that, you know, don't you dare touch me, motherfucker, and all this. And, you know, what he says, that's what he said. So if he went in for a job interview with, say, the Dallas Cowboys and they patted him on the back, would he do that? No. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. but you got some guy with a headphones and a clipboard trying to direct traffic out down there and charge, you know, and I don't know. But, you know, and then <laughs> I was going to make a joke that maybe Sark glanced over and saw Kim standing 12 feet away or whatever. But <laughs> but I, I keep saying to myself, I'm not going to make those jokes because I, I, I don't don't have a beef with Dogman and they're irrelevant to me. But here we are joking about it. But our board makes fun of them so much. But Though I do mm-hmm. have to say, uh, Kim getting decked with the football uh, at uh, whatever game that was, Cal or whatever. That's <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see here. It's probably time for us to wrap up here. Let's see. Is there any other ones? Uh, Sonny Shackelford says, uh, "Easy winner of Joey Dangerously's Fake Tough Guy of the Year DTR." But nope, DTR was runner-up. Um, yeah. But made a great, great late push to uh, get past Ryan Day. So, <laughs> and they're coming down the stretch. <laughs> um, it's just <laughs> just for men, just for men. It's just for men. Uh, no, watch here the. Comes, uh, here comes tough guy. Start going. Tough guy starts takes over from just the men. Just for men loses no, by half a length. Watch the ending of uh, watch the ending of the NASCAR race at Martinsville from like two months ago. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you will. Uh, no, it, it'll, it'll be a it, it, just 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 Google Ross Chastain Martinsville NASCAR. That that is uh, that was DTR's late push to get to get in. <laughs> yeah. The Elskid wants to know, and this is something I, I don't think I can. We've already kind of talked about it, but he wants to know 
What substances do you guys think Sark was on before the Alamo Bowl? How did he wind down afterwards? Uh, how did he wind down? Probably on Adderall. Probably on Adderall. And then after, and then after the game, he's got to take. Uh, he's got to take you know a bunch of, you know a bunch of uh, uh, marijuana gummies to to wind down or something. We're speculating, but yes. Um, Beer Thirty wants to know if any of us will ever put our fucking hands on Sark. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't even think I'd pat him on the shoulder at this point. Pressure cooker. Just hit the pressure cooker. Just they hang in their coat. Don't you fucking touch me! <laughs> well, I mean, not to brag, but yeah, I mean the the pattern is is he wouldn't he wouldn't be talking like that to to me. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but what if you were yeah. wearing a visor and a clipboard and you had a little headset on and <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm joking. Wow. Uh... <laughs> Someone put me out of my misery if I ever if I ever stooped <laughs> to the level of wearing a visor. <laughs> well, I don't even know if the guy was wearing a visor, but I was trying to paint the picture of uh, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, as Nacho points out here, tackling was really improved. We didn't really see too many yeah. broken tackles for the first time all year. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I assume maybe they took yeah. the three weeks of bowl practice to be like, hey, we're going we're gonna to figure out how to actually tackle, I, I, I would guess. Yeah, because that was a giant, other than that Cam Bright stunt on the, on that third quarter touchdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awful. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, which I, I wasn't paying attention to how much he was in or in after that, but I kind of feel like they may have, that might have been a you're done for the game offense of like, <laughs> how do you not yeah. just get the guy out of bounds? Like, get the guy out of bounds. So, yeah, that would, but overall it was like, uh, it was like night and day. Yeah. Oh hey uh, hey Benny Beaver, Benny Beaver. You're, you're gonna yes. say what I was about yes. ready to say. Go ahead. Nick, Nickelback, yes, <laughs> yes, Nickelback. That would that would be a yeah. He thinks that's what that starts with too. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be like, yeah. That's like a that's like a salesman's uh, you know hard rock band. Yeah, yeah. Like five five like five five finger death punch is is the shitty. Uh, shitty hard you know fake hardcore band that that like construction workers probably listen to no no beef with construction workers i'm just saying you know yeah 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 uh yeah so right or you know like uh, like he's probably he's probably listening to god smack and thinking you know like oh this is the heaviest shit i've ever heard man so or maybe he's listening to Metallica's Reload album or something, you know. Uh, I'm yeah, sticking Fuel. with Depeche Mode. Fuel, what a what a great what a great fucking song, Fuel, man. Just just gets me all jacked up, bro. Now let's Such see a heavy here. Two, two girls, one apple cup. 
has a player ever turned it around as much as Luciano from a JC to a terrible tight end to starting center on 11 and two teams? <laughs> no, uh, hey, he got better. He got better. He certainly yeah. did. He definitely did. They've, they've had, I feel like there's been a few Husky guys who've really turned it around, uh, but I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, I feel like, uh, Small's been on a the player. current team. Small. I mean, Jeremiah Martin was just like, uh, absolute ze- nothing last year. And he was like, what, first team, second team, all pack 12 type guy this year. But I, that would be a debate in my opinion. And I do enjoy how an outgoing senior declares that he's going, he's leaving. Well, that shit's weird. Yeah, that's, I noticed that. It's like one of those things where with the internet now, like one person does something like, and now everyone has to do it. My favorite example ever was right when COVID started, when every CEO or president of every company had to send an email to everybody like on their email list of like the CEO and David yeah. Busters would like, like at this, at this time, this trying time, like what? Like, yeah, like, because there was guys that saw that. There was, like, the Oregon defensive end who punched a Beaver fan. He, like, put out a statement. It's like, one, are you allowed to play college football again? Two, you're, like, an eighth-year senior. Like, no shit. Like, I'll, like aren't you, yeah, like, isn't your eligibility exhausted anyways? Like, I, I thought it was for Martin. It was, that was odd. Yeah. But I remember reading that and just going, uh, what? Okay. And I like Martin a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I will say shout out to uh, Jalen McMillan uh, for coming back. I think he just put on Twitter like, hey, I'm coming back, where this the long manifesto that every player has to put out for every announcement <laughs> now, it's just uh, like, the who is reading the, like, like, who is reading uh, these four-paragraph uh, – which I will say for, like, it also gives me nightmares because for, like, my, my day job for forever has been, like, corporate writing, and it's generally all shit like that of, like, this needs to be eight and a half paragraphs that no one's ever going to read of 25 run-on sentences of, like, all this shit. Yeah, I'd like so to like thank that. my sixth-grade teacher. Yeah, it's like, am I, just get the statement out, and, like, by the end of it, you're like, I don't know what this is even, like, communicating. So, yeah, I'm... People need to – it'll be a move, like a good move if players start to just even put, like, a graphic with no writing that just says, like, thanks, like, I'm going. So we're going to conclude the podcast by me reading uh, verbatim a post this morning from Husky JW that he wrote about an hour ago. And it says, the day Karen Ramming left, it now seems NI. And now since NIL took off and we finally got some balls. I only hope these tampering accusations against Washington are true. Yeah. So. yeah. Thank you. The so. social media game, their social media also suddenly got mysteriously got way better too. Uh, yeah. 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 Cause she's By the, and the woman that they, they run stuff that I think runs stuff now is actually legitimately uh, pretty hot. So, uh, you know, you can you can uh you can cover all bases apparently. Uh Joey found Ramming hot if I remember correctly. I found I found her hot. Was it yeah. was it you? Yeah. I said she was attractive. <laughs> I, <yeah. 
Well, I remember. That's right. I remember arguing with both of you guys. Then. Thank you, but no. <laughs> and the people were freaking out because she was. I'm sorry to be blunt, but she was like dry humping the side of a boat or something, and it was like, dear God, why is that? What is going on with this? You know. Everything yeah, seems to go go up for the most part since you know he left. So, uh, congratulations. <laughs> well, guys, that, yeah. that'll do it for now. Uh, it's been a fun year, and uh, we'll talk again, say, in a couple weeks or so. Yeah, light my sure. cigar. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. We'll talk. Maybe, maybe put a yeah. maybe put a picture of us on the WOM or something. <laughs> yeah. On the lawn? <laughs> no, on the wigwam. Oh, the wam. Oh, Swain's, oh, oh. Swain's, Swain's wigworm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to you guys later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...